Welcome to the Vine Podcast. You're listening to episode number three. Today, we're talking all about messaging and how you can make sure that the messaging and content on your food blog is clear and helps you connect with your ideal reader. You love the time you get to spend creating content on your blog and connecting with your audience, but building a brand and working on your website, that's where it can feel overwhelming. With all of the lists out there of everything that you should do, sometimes you just feel like giving up. But friends, there's a better way. When you spend time strategically thinking about your blog, you'll discover what is essential to build a successful and sustainable business and what's not. I'm your host, Madison Weatherill, a WordPress web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers. I'm here to help you think strategically about the brand you're building, connect with your ideal audience, and ultimately convert them into raving fans, the ones who actually make your recipes, interact with you, and make this whole food blogging journey worth it. It's time to design a business you love and remember why you started a blog in the first place. Hey friends, welcome back. I'm so glad that you're joining me for today's episode. Now, one of the things that I've noticed in working with my design clients over the years is that messaging is one of the hardest parts about creating and maintaining your blog. But once you really get a hold of this messaging, it can be what takes your brand to the next level of connection with your readers. So today I'm sharing all about what brand messaging is, why it's important, and how you can make sure that the messaging on your blog is clear so you can connect with your people. And at the end of this episode, I'm going to be sharing five places on your website that you can infuse this clear messaging. So definitely stick around for that. All right, let's dive right in. What is brand messaging? It is the language that you use regularly to communicate with your audience. It's the tone of voice that you use and specific language that you use. It's your brand's personality, which a lot of the time for a food blogger, that's going to be partially your personality too because so much of you gets wrapped into your food blog. It also has to do with your ideal audience and specific ways that you need to speak to that ideal audience. So it may be specific ways that you need to write a recipe, specific things that you need to teach them, specific language that you need to use. And I examine that comes to mind is if you're a health coach or a healthy food blogger, you might use specific language to talk to your audience that isn't triggering for them or specific language that kind of drives home the overall brand messaging of your blog. And the last thing is that it is your niche and what makes your blog unique. So you might already know that you are a health food blogger, for example, but chances are there's something really unique about your story and brand messaging is what helps you to communicate that to your audience. So why is it important? Brand messaging builds brand awareness and it helps increase the know, like, and trust factor. So there's a lot of studies out there that say that people are more likely to buy from you if they know, like, and trust you. And even if on your food blog you're not selling products, this is still really important. If you want to build an audience and not just have random traffic that's coming from Pinterest or from Google, you need to focus on that no like, and trust factor for your audience. That no like, and trust factor is what is going to keep that audience coming back for more and is going to have that audience trust you and reach out to you when they have a problem or need a new recipe. So brand messaging also helps others to share your messaging for you. So if you've ever been talking to a friend and they bring up something, for example, I had a friend recently who was talking about going on Whole30 next month. Immediately, I knew exactly the blog she needed to check out in order to get recipes that she needed. I was able to share with her that specific blog because I know what their brand is all about. I know that that particular food blog has healthy, easy Whole30 recipes. So when you have your brand messaging clear, 
it will help your audience to also be clear on what your blog is all about so that they can share it with other people. Brand messaging also helps you to have a guide of what to say. So if you've ever been in a situation where you meet someone for the first time and they ask you what you do and you say, oh, I have a food blog and you quickly change the conversation, there's a good chance that that lack of confidence comes directly from not knowing your brand messaging and not being clear on it. I know I have definitely been in this situation when I've attended conferences or been at local meetups where I don't know how I want to explain what my blog is and so I quickly change the topic over to what their business is. And as I've gotten further and further down the road and figured out more of my brand messaging and gotten more clear on this, I don't have a problem with being able to explain what my food blog is all about anymore. So when you have a very specific mission statement for your blog and you know who your ideal audience is and you have a grasp on your brand as a whole, you can share it with confidence. And that's exactly where brand messaging comes into place. The more clear your messaging is, the easier it is for people to relate to your content and to see themselves in your story. Having a clear message is the first step to helping your ideal audience on their transformation. So the very first step in figuring out clear brand messaging is figuring out your ideal reader. Now in episode two, I talked all about figuring out your ideal reader. When it comes to having clear messaging, you really need to know who this ideal reader is before you can ever write messaging that's going to resonate with them. In episode two, I talked about how when you are trying to discover who your ideal reader is, sometimes there are all kinds of questions about demographic information that you should answer about this ideal person. And in this case, what you really want to do is figure out what questions you need to ask for the purposes of figuring out your messaging. So for food bloggers, some examples are what is their family size? What is their relationship status? What stage of life are they in? And I always like to know, why is this person cooking? Are they cooking out of enjoyment or are they cooking out of survival? Because I have found that those two things will vastly change the actual messaging and the way that you approach your brand and how you talk to your audience. So you also want to figure out what their pain points are. What are they struggling with? And I touched on this again in episode two, but they're not struggling with needing a new recipe. So really dig deep and figure out what is the thing that they are struggling with the most when it comes to something related to food or providing for their family. What problem are you trying to help them solve? Because when you understand their problems and what they're struggling with, you can repeat those struggles back to them, but in the form of a solution. But until you really understand what that struggle is, it's going to seem like you're just providing a recipe. And what you are helping your audience do is way more than just cooking a single meal. What is their life like right now? And again, think about this in terms of your blog. So it might be, what is their relationship to food? What is their relationship to cooking? What struggles are they having with providing meals for their family or just for themselves? How do they feel before they experience your brand? And how do you want them to feel afterwards? When you get a grasp on this specific information as it pertains to your ideal reader, you're going to be able to write messaging that is going to resonate with your ideal reader and help them to see the transformation that they're going to experience by being a part of your brand. So the second step is actually figuring out the messaging, the words that you're going to use. The first question I want you to answer is what is your niche? Now I want you to be more specific than just a food blog. I want you to be more specific than a healthy food blog. 
really think about what makes you unique within your niche. So if you are a health food blogger, what makes you unique? What ingredients do you use that make you stand out? What types of cooking methods do you use that make you stand out? What do you want someone to immediately associate with your brand? You can think of some buzzwords or taglines that you might use frequently. Um, Think about your overall tagline for your brand or your mission statement. The more that you can refine these specific elements of your brand messaging, the more clear you're going to be when you're speaking to your audience through a blog post, through social media, through email, all of those places. Think about how you can break those taglines or mission statements into short blurbs that you can use throughout your website to remind people of the purpose of your blog. The next question you can ask is what parts of your personality do you want to infuse into your brand? So think about what you're like in real life. Do you use certain phrases in real life that you're going to carry over into your blog posts or that will just naturally come out as you're writing or speaking to your audience? What are the types of things that you might say on social media? These specific things don't always relate to your niche, but they are what make your blog unique and what makes it your blog and not somebody else's. I always like to think about the fact that when you're infusing your own personality into your blog, you're doing it because you want to have your online blog self be as close to the same version of you that someone would experience in real life. This is what builds consistency and trust. If you show up one way on your blog and then on social media, you're a completely different person to that audience, they're not going to know what to trust. Who's the real version of you? So the more clear you can get on what parts of your personality you're going to show, the more easy it's going to be to show up in the same way, no matter what the platform is. Now, I think for some people, this happens really naturally and they don't even think about it. But if you have a hard time with this and you find yourself trying to blend in more often than not with your food blog, writing some of these things out and making these decisions will help you to be consistent when you show up in the various places on social media, on your blog, in your emails, all of those things. The next step to kind of defining your messaging is crafting your blog content. So when you know your reader on a very deep level, you can craft content that addresses their specific problems and you can provide solutions to these problems. Now, sometimes that is going to be blog posts that aren't just recipes, which I think is a difficult thing for food bloggers, but I want you to be willing to stretch that niche, so to speak, into other categories if it is providing content that is super helpful for your ideal reader. So a couple of ways that you can do this, you can add content to a blog post with a recipe that can help them further along this journey that you're taking them on. You can add a section at the bottom of a post with helpful tips. You can make this specific to your niche and to their pain points. This works for blog posts, social media, your emails. If you just have kind of a reference of maybe five to 10 of their pain points and how you can speak directly to those, you can reference those as you're crafting content along the way. I think sometimes when we have an idea that's kind of outside of our niche, we get a little bit nervous that all of a sudden, maybe I'm not a food blog anymore if I have this other post that's kind of in the lifestyle category. And I just want you to remember that it's more important that you help your audience than it is that you stay specifically in this niche. Now, you definitely don't want to be all over the place. You want to make sure that things are consistent and that your reader knows what to expect. But if you can provide extra content that helps solve a problem for your reader, that is going to be so much more impactful for your reader than just sticking in one niche category and never being willing to jump outside of that to help them out. So as much as possible, keep it relevant to your food blogging niche, relevant to your brand and your messaging, but it's okay if you veer off a little bit into the quote-unquote lifestyle category. 
Okay, so the third step is to be consistent. Narrowing down your messaging is only half of the battle. Now you have to really implement it. So there are a couple of places where you can infuse your messaging really easily. And I just wanna give you a few reminders before I jump into these different places on your website that you can put this messaging. I wanna remind you that not everyone sees all of your content, not even your mom. It only feels repetitive to you. If someone notices that they're seeing repetitive messaging, it means that either they're a loyal fan, in which case they probably don't care, or maybe they're annoyed by it, which means they're probably not your ideal reader anyway. So don't worry about if you feel like you're being repetitive because chances are other people aren't going to notice or they're not going to care. The more strategic and clear that your messaging is, the more easy it will be for the right person, your ideal reader, to be ready to take action. So here are the top five places that you can add your messaging to make sure that the overall messaging on your website is both clear and strategic. Your bio and about page, your blog posts, your emails or newsletters, social media, and Pinterest. So I'm going to break down each of these five areas and how you can be strategic and specific in updating these areas of your website and your brand with clear messaging. So in case you're driving or in a place where you can't really take notes, I went ahead and bundled this into a free download for you. So if you want to see these five places where you can add your messaging to your website, you can go to thevinepodcast.com backslash 003 download. All one word, thevinepodcast.com slash 003 download, or you can find the link in the show notes to grab that free download. Okay, so the very first place is your bio or your about page. So if you think back to episode number one, talking all about a strategic blog, in that episode, I talked about thinking about your audience's motives when they're on your website and when they're on a specific part of your website. So in the case of your about page, If someone is landing on your about page, they're curious about your blog and whether it's the right place for them. Now, a huge mistake I see on food blogger about pages is that the about page becomes all about them. And while it's called an about me page, it's actually really not about you. An about page is meant to be a place where your ideal audience can look in and see if this is the right place for them to be. They're curious about your brand and what they can expect to find. So when you write your about page strategically and with clear messaging, your ideal audience is going to resonate with it. You can share information that helps the person see that the transformation that you've had as it relates to your brand and how you can help them achieve that same transformation. Someday I will do an entire episode about about pages specifically, but for now I want you to remember that your about page is a place for you to share an insight into your brand's messaging and purpose. You can definitely sprinkle in information about you, but if it's all about you, you're really missing an opportunity to convert someone from a curious bystander to a future raving fan of your blog. The second place to infuse your messaging is within your blog posts. This goes back to crafting content that we talked about earlier, and it also has to do with how you structure and write your blog posts. So what information do you want to include within your blog posts? Think back to those struggles that your audience is having and how you can provide content within every blog post to help them with that struggle. You can think about objections that your audience might have to making your recipes. For example, if they're thinking that cooking healthy recipes is too expensive, break down that objection by showing the cost of ingredients for your recipes. If you've heard me talk about my food blog before, you might know that I feel like I missed the mark in being strategic with my messaging. So some examples of how I might have done this better is I could have added a confidence tip in each blog post to help my readers build confidence through my recipes. I also could have included a difficulty rating on each recipe so that they could know whether it was a recipe that they were able to try or not. 
I'm not saying that you need to do all of these things, but just think through what makes sense for your audience and the goals for your blog, and then start implementing some of those things within your blog posts. So the third place to infuse your messaging is into your emails or newsletters. And this is honestly one of my favorites because I think it's one of the least utilized places for infusing your messaging. So when someone's on your email list, they've already resonated with your messaging and what you do. And whether or not you've been strategic up until this point, these people have already taken a big step by giving you their email address and wanting to follow along in this journey. With the messaging on your emails, you don't have to worry as much about just trying to be clear about what you do. Instead, you can shift your focus towards messaging that brings people through that transformation that you want them to go through. So if the messaging for your food blog is that entertaining and hosting doesn't have to be a stressful experience, your emails can help guide your readers through the transformation of starting in a place where they're stressed and overwhelmed about company coming over, all the way to feeling excited and prepared to serve their people. So I want to make a note real quick about RSS newsletters. And if you're sending just your most recent blog posts in an automated way through your newsletter, this is going to be a little bit more difficult to infuse this messaging because it's automated. Now, even if all you're doing with your newsletter is just sending out a blog post every time you have a new post, taking the step to manually do that instead of automating it can really take your emails to the next level when it comes to infusing your messaging. So if you're manually writing an email to send to your list telling them that there's a new blog post live, really focus on that transformation. Focus on the motivation you want someone to have to make this recipe. Why do they need it in their life? Why do you want them to make it? What is going to be the result of them making it? And you might have to think kind of strategically here and shift the way that you're thinking about your recipes. If you've kind of felt like all you're providing is a recipe to them, it might take a little bit of practice to start really thinking about what the transformation is going to be when they start to cook in a different way that happens to use your recipes. You can share an insider story about what this recipe means to you or about a time where this recipe led you through part of the transformation that your audience is currently on. So another way that you can do this within your emails is through an email sequence. This is one of my favorite ways and one of the ways that I think is the most effective when you're trying to communicate your messaging to your audience. An email sequence is basically you curating your content through an email sequence to guide people through the journey of transformation that you want them to go on. You can set it up as an evergreen sequence that is different from the RSS updates that you're sending out. So if you're already doing kind of an automated thing, that's okay. You can keep that going and create something new. And I think setting up an evergreen sequence as a welcome sequence for someone when they first sign up for your list is a really strategic way to introduce them to your brand and to help them figure out what to expect. So this helps people experience your brand in a strategic way right out the gate. So you should think about the content that is the most helpful to them on their journey and present that information first. Because if you think about it, if you are being really strategic in your messaging and trying to help someone along their journey, your most recent blog post may not be relevant to them at that current moment. You could be in a season where you're doing a series, you could be doing seasonal content for the holidays, and you might want them to experience your brand in a very specific way the first couple of weeks or months that you want them to be consuming your content. So creating an email sequence can let you do this in a super strategic way that allows you to walk them through that journey. The fourth way that you can infuse your messaging into your content is through social media. 
Now, I think most people do this really well, especially with things like Instagram stories that have come out, and there's just a lot more opportunities for kind of that real-life side of your blog through social media. So you can infuse this messaging into the actual content that you're sharing, whether that's your content and your recipes that you're sharing, or it might be through other people's content that you're sharing, the things that you're talking about on Instagram stories, the helpful tips or tricks or insights that you can give your audience to help them through this transformation. So with this, you really want to think beyond just sharing your latest recipe on Instagram. I think a lot of the time, food bloggers tend to make their Instagram almost an RSS feed where it's just the most recent recipe. And while that's great for people being able to find your content every once in a while, I think you're going to see a huge increase in engagement and audience building when you think beyond just sharing your recipe. When you think beyond just posting the latest blog post update to your Instagram and you really think about how you can use that as a supplemental platform to help your audience on their journey. So the fifth way that you can infuse your messaging is on Pinterest. And I think this is probably the least conventional of the five, but this goes back to solving your audience's problem, which again, if you remember, your audience doesn't need another recipe. Their problem is bigger than that. It's more complex than that. So one of the ways that you can address those problems on Pinterest is to create other content or freebies that you can promote on Pinterest to get people to subscribe to your email list. And when you create a very actionable and very relevant freebie for your blog and promote it on Pinterest, you're going to have subscribers that are already primed for your recipe content. So for example, if you share easy, healthy recipes, maybe you create a healthy recipes shopping list and you create a pin for that and that leads to a landing page for your email list. Then those people are already ready to receive your email sequence of amazing content because you've helped them solve a problem of not knowing how to shop for healthy food. So that's part of the journey that you're leading them on. If they're brand new to the journey of eating healthy, they might not have these pantry staples that you might use in all of your recipes. And that's their first step is getting those healthy recipe basics so that then they can make your recipes. So you can use a strategic freebie that's designed around your brand messaging, promote it on Pinterest, and not only just grow your list with more people, but grow your list with people who are primed to be ready to actually make your recipes and then become your raving fans. All right, I know that was a lot of information to take in, but I really hope this episode was helpful for you. I hope that you have learned that brand messaging is not just the words that you use, but it's the way that you connect with your audience and how you can guide them along their journey. Don't forget that you can grab the free download for this episode at thevinepodcast.com slash 003 download, and I will see you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.